This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. A lot to discuss. Jamie Diamond is out with his annual letter. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about airlines. We'll talk about SPACs. We'll talk Apple. We'll talk FGEM, the big loser of the morning. We'll get to that one. That was a weird headline from overnight. Uh, we'll take questions from our chat, and we'll talk bank stocks with our guest, Nate Tobik, founder of CompleteBankData.com, author of the Bank Investor's Handbook. At uh, That'll be at 8.35. Before I throw it to Joel, I'm going to say it every time. Hit that like button. Hit subscribe. Thank you very much. Also, quick programming note today. We are doing something a little bit different we're doing a hybrid model where we were doing separate streams for a while and then we were doing all day streams now we're doing a hybrid of both so for the morning we're doing separate streams so after this after our show this stream will end and it'll redirect to get technical and then it'll that's how it'll be for every show in the morning and then starting in the afternoons after power hour there'll be one continuous stream so Pre-market prep will be much easier to find. We got a lot of complaints about that. So the show will be easier to find now on YouTube. It'll be its own stream all the time. That being said, Joel, bring up those charts for us. Let's see how we are doing in the pre-market session. Uh, flat here, uh, trading up a half a handle at 64.50. Tight range overnight, 10 points. Uh, the pre-market high, 71.50. That's below the double top from Monday and Tuesday. Pre-market low, 61.50. That's just above the intraday low from yesterday. So not much technical signals from the S&Ps overnight. Uh, crude, that's in the green by 55 cents at 59.88. You have gold in the red by 10.70 at 17.32.20. Struggling at 17.50 once again. Silver back under 25. That's down 27 cents at 424.96. And Bitcoin having a rough time here. That's down $2,400 at 56,270. Uh, first, just on a programming note, I know Spencer said some very confusing things here, but if you want the best information, you sit your butt down here at eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time and you hear from eight to nine. And then that's it. That's all you need. And then you can go on with your rest of your day. So you guys know where we're at. You know what time we're at, where you can find us. Uh, let's bring in Triple D. And Triple D, you got to help me fight my most contrarian thoughts I've ever had. Oh, my goodness. What is in your head now? Uh, the Jamie Diamond fade. You're going to fade Jamie? Getting yeah. bullish? You're like, oh, no, he's bullish. So you're getting bearish. Yes. 
Because he was bearish at the bottom, he's bullish at the top? Yes! Oh, boy. Only thing is, S&P's, give me the argument here, because we made a new all-time high again yesterday. Give me the argument. Just Why uh, is Jamie Spencer, Diamond read, wrong read the notes about from light? last year. Spencer, read the, the notes from last year in his uh in his uh his uh yearly letter. Yeah, I, I just so I mentioned uh before we came on here, uh we're talking about Jamie Diamond's letter. I said Jamie Diamond is played it pretty down the middle, he's pretty bullish, he's concerned like a lot of people are about new variants and inflation, but by and large he's pretty bullish, at least for the next couple of years. And Joel said, Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wasn't he super bearish last year and i said well, i don't remember let's find out so you know what i did this is like the best part of benzinger pro right here all right i did a keyword search the word di- i don't remember what jimmy diamond said last year i searched for diamond searched for his name just scroll down it took me four seconds april of last year there we go there we go he was yes he was very there concerned. it is he was very concerned last year when his letter came out in early april um Said uh, sees financial stress similar to the financial crisis. Uh, predicted predicted a bad recession. Wrong. I uh, I, I was wrong about that too, though. I mean, so was I. <laughs> April the third or <laughs> April the sixth. I was like, we had a little bounce, and I was like lightening up in the bounce because I thought zombie apocalypse was still upon us. <laughs> By May, I was scrambling to rebuy all my stocks. By April the sixth, though. I was pretty bearish still. I stayed bearish too long. I, yeah, but and also, uh, and then I remember the other thing, the uh, the old investment banking pool, the old switcheroo. And uh, they came out and they said, no, we're, forget Jamie Dimon. We're super bullish. And then like there's like the Chinese wall. And so they, they really split it down the middle. But uh, I don't know. I just, you know, I just remember those kind of things. Of course, you know, I'm not, you know, going to take a contrarian and play with my long-term portfolio. But, I mean, you know, you got to call a spade a spade there. So that's really – I just wanted to mention that, that, you know, he was totally wrong last year. Hate to call the head of the biggest bank, most one of the most powerful men in the world. Uh, but you got to, you know, you got to call a spade a spade. And that's where we're I at. Mean, so. sure, sure, you could say he was wrong. I think most people were wrong. So I, it's it's hard to hold that against him. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean – no one could have seen this coming, that rally uh, we saw last summer. No, I did um, not see that no, rally coming. No, no, I saw no, the no, sell-off I... coming. I did not see the rally coming. Right. So I, I, I was like, that my biggest mistake. My biggest best call was, you know, going to cash and buying puts on the S&P. My worst call was not getting back in all my stocks. <laughs> not until it was way higher. So I was one of those people who definitely did not buy the March bottom. I know everybody else on Twitter bought a very low. Everyone at the very no. low of March, they Nobody all absolutely did. bought Wendy's. And then they went $5. to value. They went to value a couple Everyone months does ago. it right on Twitter all the time. I don't only get it right part of the time. So nope. anyways, I don't know. I don't know what Jamie Dimon, if he's right, wrong. I don't really care. All I know is markets are making new all-time highs. Rotation has kept us higher. And we have had some great healthy rotation, even into some of the SPACs yesterday. Mr. SPAC love. Yeah. Well, you could say it started with Romeo, but it's spreading here. This oh, Romeo, Romeo. Where are I was Romeo. dead wrong on Romeo. You were. I thought, I thought it could go to 10 possibly, but I was like, I don't think it's even got the gas to get there. It not only went to 10, it not only went to 11, it not only went to 12, it went over $13. So 
The SPACs, man. Mitch was saying the pre-pre-show, and I think he's right. I think a lot of these SPACs looks like it was a big day for them, uh, maybe off of Romeo, but there was a few others that were getting a lift too. Have the SPACs bottomed? That's the question. Have the SPACs actually bottomed? I mean, you know, a lot of those $10 ones are still kicking around. $10 ones are not doing much, but we had the tops, the MUD, M-U-D-S. Yeah. That one, you know, it had the big pop. Gave most of it back. And then what did it do during the day? It popped again. So starting to see a little bit of love. So you know what? Where the SPACs have been absolutely hated not participating in this rally for the last month, they're starting to get a little bit of life here. So does this kickstart, you know, some of the other ones that have been in the gutter? It might. It might. I wouldn't want to be short the SPACs right now. So even like QS yesterday, I was like, I don't know. But you know what? This was obviously a former SPAC as well. You got the 40 to lean on. Quiet inside day yesterday. If you could get above that $53 on QS, you could start going here again. I'm not saying, you know, the bottom is in. We're just saying we're questioning if the bottom is in. So nobody knows anything. (laughs) But with the moves yesterday and some of the SPACs, it makes me want to increase my SPAC exposure just a tad. Uh, Do you know who gave us Romeo? Last week, I believe, or a little over a week ago, he actually Juliet? got uh, who? No, 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 no. no. Juliet. I didn't hear what you said. You were it was Juliet. Juliet. No, Sean talked about it. Did he? Yeah, he did. He, he liked did. this one. Sean's the biggest contrarian, and you know what? When you get these outside moves, Sean's a beneficiary of it. So, good call, Sean. A bad call, Danny. I thought. I thought it could. I yeah, you know what? The only thing on this, I don't know who it was. Um, if, um, if someone in the chat, and then we called them out in the afternoon chat, and they weren't there. Someone definitely asked about it, and you know, you looked at the chart, and you're like, yeah, yeah. And I, I said, you know, tongue in cheek, I'm like, well, all it needs to do is take out the pre market high, and the pre market high was nine eighteen at the time. And so it opened up right here's the different colors in the pre buy session. If you know, let's say you didn't buy the open, but you put a buy stop in there at 918. I mean, you didn't have a chance to cart it up and it was moving in your favor. So um, that's just one way. If you're, you know, if you see these crazy moves, does it get through the pre market high? You know, does it have follow through? And boy, oh boy, did that have some follow through. Now I don't know where it's going, but that's just, I just wanted to point out. You know, looking for continuation moves through those pre-market levels can be. Oh, Justin Hill said uh, that was me. Joel said, oh, "Yeah, thank you, Justin. We were Great giving job, you some Justin. credit." And you have to. I hope you crushed it, Justin. There was also there you someone, go. There was also someone in the pre-market in the Benzinga.com chat. Uh, he Duck, admitted he wasn't. That was Cameron Dole. Ductile, ductile Dan in in the ductile. Boy, we're getting some yeah. great names here. <laughs> Holy mackerel! It's the old. I guess when you can be anonymous, you can have all these uh, weird names. But uh, let's go. Let's move on. We got some other spat. Uh, what about your your uh, helium stock? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Highly on. Uh, I, I don't understand this one just because they formed uh, an innovation council. I guess all, all the people that they have um, deals with are going to test their trucks and it's going to be, uh, you know, a, an innovation council to 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 develop the, the powertrain solution for the industry. And that is good for uh, a buck, apparently this, this morning. I don't know. <laughs> uh 10 bucks it's amazing these 10 dollar levels on these stocks like obviously there were former SPACs that have turned to actual companies now but they come down and they do find support at these tens and helion 
Uh, great call by Mitch as well. He was saying this thing gets near 10. He said it, it wouldn't be surprised. He told me he was saying that last week. 10.08, the low on March 30th. Yesterday, 10.18. Now it starts to reverse course. You could squeeze them. You could squeeze them up to 15. And I mean, you know, some people give me heat for that. You've got to be able to change your opinion very quickly here because, you know, I'm, I'm taking a little bit of heat for the Romeo. And I'm, I'm, I'm admitted it. I already admitted it. I'm wrong. wrong. Because people just like me to be wrong. They like me to be wrong. I'm very opinionated. I give an opinion and they want to call me out. And that's okay. That's okay because I was wrong. I admitted Romeo. I was wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Dead wrong. How much money did you lose on it? None. <laughs> Not even a cent. Wrong. Never traded then it. You but, went wrong. I mean, we're giving opinions, um, you know, on stocks, and I was just like, these facts been in the gutter. But you know what? It's, moves like that in the top soon. Two moves yesterday make me start to change my opinion. What am I? And let's just do a one minute educational segment. How? Seven. What kind of a trader am I? What kind of a trader am I really? Then when it gets down to it. I've said it before. What Send am I really? Trend follow. No, none of that. I'm not that. I'm not a chartist. Harvard I'm not Trump. even looking at charts, There's really. Sentiment. I'm a relationship trader. Right. Sentiment relationships. And you know what? 99% of the twi- Twitters aren't even respected to relationships. People don't look at relationships out there. I'm all about relationships. So when I start to see a couple SPACs, even former SPACs, get some love like Romeo, now I start thinking, are they going to roll into the other SPACs? That's what relationship-based trading is, identifying those turns and relationships quickly. So just because, simply because of the Romeo move and the Tops move yesterday, makes me start to think that I better start getting off the bearish train on these SPACs because we saw some love. And Mitch, you know, was a good eye this morning, as he said to me on the pre-pre-market show, have the SPACs bottom. You know, he's saying the same thing. When you see those couple moves, it doesn't take long before the other ones start to potentially catch on. So if Romeo can hold up, if Tops can hold up, if we start to see another SPAC, which we're seeing Helion, I'm still going to call it a SPAC, even though it's not a SPAC anymore. If that can get some love here and continue to move up too, you could see moves like in QS. You could see moves in a few of these other names as well. And the ones that are just kicking around and dying around $10, um, you know, that have been holding on 10 holding on 10 the risk on those is a little bit lower because that $10 level lends support. So I like to do one, look at relationships, two, look at where I can you know, safely put a trade on. So that's where I'm looking is um, looking at the SPACs. I'm looking at the ones that are kicking around $10. I'll probably do a lot of research today. What about uh, UWMC laboring here at $8? Was that a SPAC? It was. It was. Was UWMC a spec? Wait, I don't even remember. Yeah, it was. That was yeah, a spec. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was? It was? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, we're leaking here. Do we have anything? Any negative? I mean, I don't want to make a big deal out of things here, but we are leaking a little bit. Uh, we're on the lows of the pre-market we're session. The leak. How many times have we seen that a low in the pre-market before the open? Uh, just down a couple sticks here. We'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll let you guys take it with the SPAC talk. I mean, you know, SPAC on, SPAC off. I mean, I don't yeah, know. Joel. Joel hates SPACs. I loved them. Then I hated them. I'm now moving to neutral stance. I hated them yesterday morning. I'm moving to neutral stance. Okay. And potentially looking at some, if I can control the risk. You know what? I am long U- UWMC. Ask me about UWMC. I am long UWMC. That's great, great support down chart. here. I actually liked the candle yesterday. So I don't. You know, I'm I'm long it just because it's got a dividend to you know a little value trading to it. We talked this yesterday though already, so no stock in the same stock. 
All right, let's continue. Uh, let's continue. Can we talk airline stocks for a moment? Of course. I All like right. to fly. Really? When's the last time you've flown? Exactly. Well, COVID, but I actually flew a week before COVID started. So close as I could. February 2020, last week. All I was right. worried uh, I was going to die of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so cruise line stocks uh, and airline stocks, uh, we've been talking about all been rallying here sort of together to bring up Joel's charts so we can take a look at the same time. Uh, let's start with the airlines and, and then go to the cruise lines. What, what are you guys seeing here? I mean, they're all, yeah, they all share trade together. You can look at the Jets ETF or the individual stocks like AAL, UAL, uh, DAL, you know, LUV. Uh, well, that's the wrong chart. What, what are you seeing here? I mean, we're, we're, we're at, we're at new highs, right? In, in, well, we're just about at a new high. Yeah. Big news on the cruise lines. Throw them in yesterday because they can start cruising again because yeah. the NCLH CEO was on Mad Money just ranting and ranting how they're, it's going to be the safest place on earth. Um, so they're going to allow them to cruise again, too. So they can throw us all in the same bucket. It's had a good rally, though. I mean, are you coming in buying NCLH? Are you coming in buying Delta Air now, Joel? I mean, DAL was $44 a week ago. It's now 52 so it's right back up at that resistance point. I mean, if you're coming in now, you're buying somebody else's profit. This stock's up 20% in two weeks. So I don't buy reps. This is basically the definition of a rip, a 10-day ripper. So I think you're late. I think if you're coming in these now, you need to pull back. Do I still believe in the reopening trade? I want to believe in the reopening trade. So yes. But am I coming in and chasing win resorts when it's run, you know, $8 in five days or two days? I mean, they, all of these stocks... I've had pretty good moves. I feel like if you're, I, it's I feel easy. Like you need another it's pullback. These are easy. Hey, don't you have a friend called the Ripper? Yeah, I do. Oh Give yeah. A shout out, Tom the Ripper. Yeah, um, I think it's pretty easy setups on these. Uh, just look at the high of the move. Delta Airlines, yeah, it's trading up 15 cents. Just kissed 52. Big number. Uh, moments ago, high of the move 52, 52.28. Show me. Show me you want to take Show that me the out. money. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's it. That's all you have to do. UAL, I think, is a little bit farther off. Uh, that's trading. Let's see. What was uh, – maybe you're through yesterday's high, but the two-day high, 60.89. Actually, you are not even at the high from yesterday, 60.42. So right there, uh, resistance to contend with, uh, LUV. Let's see. That's a new all-time high for this one. That's trading up a quarter. I just would keep – that's probably an all-time closing high on that one. So I'd keep an eye on a 64.10. It's trading oh, only a quarter above that. But, uh, yeah, keep an eye on the closes from yesterday. See, this right. has taken out the high of the move. So incrementally from 64.62, maybe some paper at 65. I have uh, I have no idea. That's – I'm more interested now, not so much in buying the reopening stocks. I'm more interested in buying the beaten down growth names because, again, yep. we saw some love coming in the SPACs. That could roll over. Check out. Okay, making a call here. I'm going to look at some Kathy stocks. Giving Kathy heat for the last month. But, again, I'm a trader. I've been given heat because their stocks have been going down. They've stopped going down. Her stocks have stopped going down. But a lot of them haven't really rallied much yet. So you've got some potential setups here. We can control risk. Check out Teladoc. I've hated Teladoc here for a while. I'm getting off the, 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 the negative bandwagon and at least going to neutral, but kind of interested in a little setup here. Look, stop going down TDOC, 166, 167. 
And then we start to get a little bit of lift. I have no position in Teladoc, um, so I can freely talk about it. 189 up to 189, and now we've been in consolidation station for the last couple of days. Really tight inside day yesterday. I think Very you lean nice. on that low from two days ago, 179.10. So here's the setup: setting up a trade. Might might they win? They lose sometimes, but I control the risk. So I'm thinking if you set up a trade today, maybe you try Teladoc long. This is just opinion. I'm not telling you to go do this trade. I'm just saying if I was doing this trade, so I'd set it up. Maybe you're buying Teladoc today, 182, 182.5. You can lift it at 182.5 right now. Um, I think you lean on the 179.10 low. So you give yourself three bucks, and you see, is this growth trade got some legs? Are they going to come back into some of these other names? And you know what? You also got the wild card of the variant, where we've had rallying, oh, reopen, reopen, reopen. And they've been throwing out all these stocks. You know, they've thrown out Zoom as well. But Zoom stopped going down too. This is, these are not long-term investments. I don't like the valuation on Zoom. I still think long-term it's going over. But right now, short-term, these stocks have stopped going down. Peloton, same thing. Stopped going down. Nice candle yesterday. I'm actually looking at these as trades. Peloton, Zoom, and Teladoc, which I've hated on the show for a month, correctly. I believe we have a potential setup for a reversal here. Um, in the next day or two. So I'm actually bullish these stocks short term right now. Risk reward, right? Based on, you know, a little bit of technical analysis, a little bit of feel. I I can't I can't disagree. I, on any of those trades, you have an out uh yep. Peloton is keep trying. I mean, that's got a double, you know, you had the low of the move. It took a while to get off. You got a nice double bottom from yesterday. Uh, to lean on, boy, I'd sure like to see this get up to 133, but I don't think you're going to have big, I mean, you could have some incremental rallies in this thing, but until, you know, we get any kind of fear, I mean, it's still tough. And also you're dealing with a lot of overhead supply in these, but, but good setups and, uh, you know, it's, um, it's all about risk reward. I got to tell you, the chat is on fire right now with the setups. All these stock charts look pretty good that they're throwing at us. It's all the growth names, the higher P stuff, the Kathy stocks that everybody's hated on. We've been hating too long, though. They're oversold. They've been oversold. They haven't been participating in the recent rally. Are they ready to participate? They're showing a little life right now. So it's telling me maybe, maybe they're showing a little bit of life. But look at Fastly, FSLY. That's his consolidation station here, Joel. You can argue even a little time cup and handle. Yeah, it's time to strike. You know, this is a, this is the time. And we're not saying this is the time we control risk. So if I'm buying Fastly, 70 and a half. I'm stopping myself at the low from two days ago, 67.90. Give yourself three bucks. And if you know, if a tank's on you, okay, I was wrong. But you know what? There's a little bit of pent up demand. Some people are snooping around, thinking a little bit here. Uh, this coming from the chat as well. BLI, not one that I actively trade, but I can tell you um, this is the same type of chart here right now. It's a Kathy stock and it's starting going lights? down too. Look ah. how much this has been beat up. I don't know anything about the company's fundamentals. I'm assuming it's trading with a nosebleed PE because Kathy owns it. But right now, today, and maybe for the next couple of days, we need a little relief rally in some of these things, and maybe we get it. So I kind of like that BLI that somebody just pointed out. Somebody's talking Beyond Meat in chat. You know what? I don't mind the chart on this one either. Nosebleed PE, not going into the long-term portfolio, not saying I'm buying Beyond Meat and forgetting about it. I'm saying as a swing trade right now, I got a setup. And the swing trades, I just look for where I control risk. Two days ago, low 129.61. That's where I'm stopping myself out. So all of these stock charts kind of looking the same. I might try a few of them long here today, um, you know, after uh, uh, after the open here. Um, and stopping myself out at the low from 
April the 5th on all these stocks. They're all similar setups. Uh, for Berkeley Lights, is that uh, a lighting company in Berkeley, Michigan, Spencer? Do you know that? It is, it is not. Is it a local company? No? It is not. Uh, 52. I mean, look at this on the monthly. 51, uh, excuse me, weekly. I got to change the chart here. But on the weekly, 51.94, 52.33, and 51.61. So there you go. If you if you don't want to try and buy it on, uh, on uh, you know, weakness, try and buy it on strength. I just want to address one question here. Uh, Daniel says, Dennis, why don't you just sell puts in these stocks? And the reason he doesn't sell puts is because he's not in love with them. He doesn't like saying, "Oh, I want to own Teladoc." I don't want to own Teladoc. Yeah, it's just it's, he just wants to rent the shares and I, you sell exactly good. Right. Yep, it's just it's Retinum. It's Retinum. He's not loving them. Now, like the GM, you loved, right? So you wrote puts on that because you said, yep. "Hey, put that stock in my account. I'll buy more. I'll take it there. Come and get me." But with this, with Teladoc, if you sold puts on it. And then they came out and it dropped twenty five bucks and oh, oh boy I'm long at uh, one eighty that you know or one sixty five or one seventy that's why you got to be very convicted and have the cash in your account before you uh, you sell puts and things. I that's not just to finish that thought. I completely agree. I mean, and you're exactly right. That's why I sold puts on GM. I believe when you're writing naked puts, you should only be writing them on stocks you don't mind owning. Um, not just, you know, participating. If you think the stock's going up, you will make more money by buying the stock. And, you know, the other thing is, I guess if you're sitting with a little $20,000 account, it's hard, you know, you can't play all this stuff, but you can buy a lot of options or you can sell some puts or something, you know, like to try to bring in extra cash. Yeah, but, you know, like I'm, you know, of the opinion where I just, you know, if I like the stock long, I buy the stock. I'm not an options guy. I got, you know, I got bright trading capital behind me. I don't have to worry about, oh, where's the money coming for this? I know where it's coming from. It's coming from right behind me there. So, you know, that's a nice thing about being a prop trader. So I like the idea of buying the stock. Uh, it's in the same vein, Decline's asking about uh, uh, Apple and uh, go for the W. said, yeah, he, he started sizing it at 120. It's the same thing, right? It's, I mean, it's a little bit different because it's, it's, it's not as, doesn't have quite the beta as, uh, as these super high growth names, but still, it's mega cap tech out of favor. You have a level to lean on. Yeah, you have a level to lean on. It is a different animal because those things are moving. Apple, Facebook are all kind of doing their own thing and moving together. You have different pockets where, right. you know, the, the relationships are just amazing. You have the Kathy stocks, which haven't participated in the recent rally really at all. You know, they're still down in the gutter. And that's the ones I'm picking on right now. You have mega cap that started showing life a few, three, four days ago because, oh, we want value. Well, let's buy value tech. Apple's PE isn't outrageous. You know, they do have some growth there. So they're looking at those. You know, Google, same story. Uh, but right now, today's trade is I'm picking on the high PE stuff, nosebleed Kathy stocks that I think might show some life. I'm not going Tesla, um, but I would, you know, you could do Tesla too, but it's run, it run a little bit too far. So I'm a little bit spooked on Tesla, but I don't know. I kind of like some of these other trades. So if I could, if I could sort of, uh, you know, describe this in an image, what Dennis is trying to do is basically create a Venn diagram and look for th- stocks that all have multiple things in common. So, for example, wow. lending, lending Club, LC, technically a Kathy stock. They bought it last night. They haven't bought LC for like three weeks. Okay. Kathy and, stock. And it, it, yeah, Kathy stock. But what is it not? It is not a high growth stock. So... Does that change how you would approach? I mean, it's up this morning. 
its chart looks completely different. Right. So, um, and I'm not saying by all Kathy stocks, it looks like it had the huge run a lot to do with Kathy when she was buying day after day. Yeah. And then it pulled back significantly and gave it all back. I mean, um, you know, it's trading up again this morning because of Kathy. So I don't know if you can just grab every Kathy stock, but I'm saying some of the ones that, you know, is core holdings of hers, yep. like Teladoc and BLI, she's been buying that thing nonstop. Some of those have just been beaten up. You know, I know maybe you just want to go buy the ARKK. I mean, you could argue the same there thing. There you go. Blank you want to do? You want to not pick all the stocks? You use the stop at one twenty sixty seven, the low from two days ago. That's where I'd stop out if I was trying Kathy on the long side. But could she have a little relief pop here? She was definitely oversold. She stopped going down. I like to buy stocks when they've stopped going down. I actually like to buy them once they've actually had a little boost, which they did, and then they've had a little consolidation here. So, you know, now it's like, okay, well, buyer, the sellers are saying, okay, well, it's over. The trend's still down. We're going to sell. But the buyers are saying, no, nah, and it doesn't want to go down. So, you know what? I'm giving Kathy love. I'm upgrading Kathy here this morning. You know, Give another thing, love. too, if short you want to if, if talk contrarian, we haven't been talking about the Kathy buys lately. I don't know if we mentioned it in the last couple shows. Yeah, we, I, 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 I've noticed that, too. No, she has, but I've noticed that, too, Joel. I didn't want to say anything. But, yeah, it's been been a week or so since we talked about Woodstock's Kathy Wood bought overnight. Well, they yeah, don't get the it, pops. They haven't been getting the well, pops. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. So someone in the chat mentioning ARKX, that's that's the new space uh, space one. Yeah, the the inflows into this one are pretty crazy. Uh, you know, the, the, the fund is, what, a week old now? And it's already got $400 million. <laughs> you know what? You guys just I'm trying to get my hand around electric cars and like yeah. and now y'all talking about going to space. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, I guess you got to be forward looking, but I like space. Yeah. I'd, I'd go to space. You, to you won't go, Dennis. You won't go to space. I would maybe. I could get but, talked into it. Okay. Uh, bad really? I'm nervous about getting an airplane on Saturday, let alone going to space. Oh, yeah. Where are you flying? Florida. Oh, my goodness, Joel. You're living the day. Everybody goes on vacation except me. I stay up here. Yeah, this, I have not. I have not. I went, I went up north for one week in July. Besides that, I've been here every single day, two shows a day. I need I need a break from you guys. <laughs> he needs a break That's from fair. me. Hey, I have not done anything. To, uh, you went away for like two weeks, Spencer. I went away for a week. This is true. That, that was, when do I days. get a vacation? I never get a day off. I have a very simple solution. Stop moving so much, and then you can go. Yeah, stop moving all the time. Find I a place move, to live. Move, yeah. move. Find a permanent dwelling first. I know. I need to find a permanent dwelling. I sold my house in the one city, moved up to my cottage. Now my cottage is getting bulldozed to build my permanent house. So eventually I am going to get my permanent house here. The I keep looking at the excavator out there, and it's like, <laughs> get out of your house, they're telling me. <laughs> but I don't want to leave. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's just do one more, and then we'll bring Nate Tobik on. Let's look at FGEM. This is not not in the same vein of the previous conversation at all. Uh, but they, they had an interesting PR out overnight. and looks like they, they basically said that they manipulated some of their safety data for their drug. For the second time? I don't they know. manipulated safety data. That yeah. sounds way worse than anything of the other, other drugs. It's not like a mistrial. If that's true, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so it says while preparing for the ADCOM meeting with the FDA for potential approval for uh, Roxadustat, they said the company said it realized it submitted altered information to the FDA about the drug's cardiovascular safety. So 
I know nothing about this story. I don't like that headline. Um, obviously, the market doesn't like that headline either. Is this stock making new lows on the move? It definitely low, low lows on the move. It's challenging the March lows. I don't know. I don't follow the story, but I don't like buying companies that manipulate data, if that's true. Why was the data altered? Don't know. But that's what they said. So scary. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if, if I don't know if there's a level to find or not, but it looks like it stopped going down for, for the moment. Joel's, Joel's scared. Wow, well, I don't even know what to say about this thing. It's sitting on the low, just on the pre-market lows. What happened? Did they, did they warn people back in March that this was going to happen? Um, good question. I believe you're talking about March second or first. Yeah, uh, and that was earnings, actually. Oh no, it was earnings. But then they also said uh, that ad, there was going to be an adcom meeting. Adcom meetings aren't generally a good thing. So. Yeah, boy, oh boy. I mean, someone's buying it right here. I don't know why. It maybe they're short pre-market low twenty-three seventy-six. And what's this uh, spike low right here? Uh, twenty-two sixty-six. If you don't want to buy it at twenty-three seventy-six, twenty-two sixty-five was a low. That was a spike low in March. If you're so inclined to bring a short in in this thing, but you do have a uh, you do have a buyer here. Just just not lifting offers or anything. Just sitting here and. Uh, taking it all in all right let's uh joel you're having a bad influence on christopher forsman you keep saying that we're leaking in in, in the nasdaq feed. yeah you know what christopher should go upstairs and help his mom unload the dishwasher <laughs> all right let's bring on nate tobik let's talk bank stocks for a second here nate tobik is the founder of completebankdata.com author of the bank investors handbook joining us now on pre-market prep nate good morning good morning how's everyone doing we are doing just fine here. I want to get your reaction. Uh, I don't know if you had the chance to, to skim it yet. Uh, Jamie Dimon's annual letter came out this morning. Uh, I, I felt like it was pretty down the middle. Nothing he said was too too far out there. Uh, you know, he's bullish, uh, the U.S. economy, at least for now. Uh, you know, sees inflation and new variants has a potential threat. I don't know if you had a chance to look at that and, and, and have a reaction. Yeah, so I didn't have a chance to skim that letter. Um, I mean, I, I think that's... Uh... That's kind of the narrative, right? So right. everyone's expecting some sort of inflation. Um, you know, banks have kind of been a rocket ship from October. You know, they're up. The bank index is up like 80-something percent. Uh, you know, we went from an environment where you could buy literally any bank and do well to now, you know, the NASDAQ ones and, and the larger cap ones are, are probably fairly priced. Uh, some of the big ones that are... Uh, you know, playing with these hedge funds like Credit Suisse and uh, Morgan Stanley, you know, might want to stay away from those. Um, you know, I my suspicion is uh, there's more risk out there in in other levered funds that that maybe hasn't uh, been exposed yet. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so you know, every everything's kind of um, moved up. What we've been hearing as we talk to banks is, um, I mean, it's like uh, you know total opposite stories. So some banks, they keep saying, we have so much business, we don't know what to do with it. We're, we've never had so much business. We're just stuffed full. And then we hear other banks, they're like, we don't know what to do. There's, you know, everything's dead. There's no life out there. Uh, the interesting theme uh, from both of those uh, sets of banks is they're not actually generating new business from new new relationships. It's all they're all working their same relationships, the same, you know, 
that same book of business. Uh, so for all of the the economy's growing, everything is you know the green shoot stuff. Um, banks are really still focused on their existing books of business. What does that mean? Like when you're when you're looking at them and they're not getting you know the, the new business there. Is that a bearish signal? It sounds like a bearish signal. It it seems like it. You know, the the analogy I use with a lot of these banks is um, it's like they just had a big Thanksgiving dinner and they're like, I never need to eat again. I'm I'm so full I never need to eat. And it's like, yeah, but you're gonna wake up tomorrow hungry and they can't even think about tomorrow because they're they're trying to make their way to the couch to fall asleep. Um, I, I don't know if there's a ton of forward thinking with that of you know where, where to go. Uh, some banks are gonna do really well as a lot of these hotel loans uh, you know, become current. And, um, and and there's some banks that have, have taken a hit on that. What uh, about defaults, man? I mean, is anybody taking any provisions? That was another thing too. Uh, you, you saw the Jamie Dimon letter, right? That he yeah. he's doing a 360 on us. What about last year? He was like, oh, low loss provisions. We're like going 150%. And, and now it's like, I mean, come on. What about the real estate loans? What about the... I mean, even these hotel restaurant loans. I mean, when is this stuff going to, it's got to show up on the balance sheet sometime. I, I'm not sure it is. And I, I, this is something I've been saying for about a year is the banks have slow rolled this and they were able to get provisions from the FDIC and they, they've stretched out long enough. Um, you know, I know you're up in Michigan and Pennsylvania. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of like nothing ever happened. And, um, you know, people out at restaurants, et cetera. Um, I was just out in Utah. I mean, you, you couldn't tell that there was a virus out there. So I think they they slow rolled it long enough that they everyone was able to come become current. Um, now, the one sector that I, I have not heard anyone say that they're interested in is office space. So retail, retail's okay. fine, owner-operated businesses, even some hospitality. Uh, restaurants, that stuff's all coming back. There's a lot of programs to help restaurants. Office space, uh, no, no bidders for that. And well, there's you know, a, there's pros and cons there, right? Because the uh, rents are going to go down, but people are going to want more space, right? To space things out. So yes. you know, so who knows what kind? But I mean, I, I'm hearing from some of uh, you know in the local area. That you know, some of these big landlords are like calling people and saying, "Would you pay your rent, please? I need you to pay your rent." And you know, who knows how long? I mean, there's and then I see building going on too. That's the other thing. Like, who's financing a new building right now with all the space on the market? I I, I see that drying up too, as far as loans go. It that is a weird thing. I and um, so I've I've actually started to see. I haven't seen it local in Pittsburgh, but um, uh, when visiting family for Easter uh, in Southern Ohio, there were a ton of, um, you know, office space for lease. And then it said aggressive rates. And I hadn't seen those signs yet. So there's some landlords who are getting extremely nervous and they, they're looking to fill their space. Uh, but no, I, I, you know, so a lot of times when someone builds a, a new property, they will get, um, They'll get signed commitments that someone's going to rent that space. And so they feel comfortable building a new space because they have the first, say, three years of, of their loan taken care of. Uh, whereas 
the existing building where everyone just left is now, you know, putting up that aggressive rate sign. Uh, Nate, you mentioned uh, M&A activity or, or, or banking activity. I, I keep seeing all these headlines and M&A activity was so high in Q1, but wasn't like almost all of that from SPACs. There was like a, the SPAC activity was through the roof. There is no way that that is sustainable, right? No, no not at all. I, and I mean, I, I think that's, you know, so, so let's just say, say there is more inflation. I think banks actually come out. Um, if there's a moderate level of of inflation, let's just say even like three to 5%, which is on kind of the, the high moderate level, um, you're gonna end up with a lot of business activity. Uh, banks are probably gonna keep deposit rates extremely low. And so that that net interest margin spread is gonna be, uh, it's gonna grow finally. And uh, there's a lot of bankers that have been waiting for this since you know pre 2008, this is like their time to shine. And um, so you're gonna have a lot of business activity who need new loans, they're gonna, you know, building, growing, et cetera. Um, and depositors are gonna be getting paid peanuts and, and that spread's gonna grow. So in a, a low to moderate inflation, uh, that could be really good for banks. And, uh, you know, that could really boost their valuations. So, so how would you play the sector going forward? So, I mean, what's interesting is like, as, as you guys all know, I like the smaller stuff. Um, right now, if you look like, NASDAQ, the, the price to tangible book value for banks is about 100%. Um, OTC are still about 80%. I mean, there's even there, there's some like FNB, so First National Bank of Pennsylvania, um, they're still at, I don't know, 84% of book value. They pay a 3.7% dividend. And uh, this is a, a sizable bank. I think it's 35 or 40 billion in assets. Um, they took some hits from retail and from commercial, uh, they're going to be fine on the other side of this. Uh, they're going to continue to grow. Um, there's other other banks like a, one that I really like is, is Farmers and Merchants Bank along Beach. Um, that's a, an OTC FMBL. I want to say their shares are it's five or six thousand dollars a share. They don't oh, trade that often. That's but, um, you know, Whoa. still cheap and they only. Don't give that to them, man. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I wanted to be a tough one to get in and out of. That that's a yeah. It it you know it's a trade by appointment type stock. Yeah. Um, but there's a number of these OTC stocks that are still at uh, significant discounts, and um, you know, in in the market that so the dynamic is there's banks who've realized they need to change, they need to become digital, they need to be more proactive about growing. Uh, there's a lot of banks that have not realized that. There's also a lot of bankers who are just fed up with all this. Uh, so the the day the PPP program was going to end, it was extended another uh, two months. And so, I mean, there's there's places right now where people are running around with their hair on fire trying to do PPP loans and trying to catch the tail of that. And and there's people who are just exhausted from this. And I think from that, if you start to look at at director and executive ages banks that are not growing, that have, have struggled, and you see it, a director or an executive who's in their late 60s to mid 70s, it, it's probably time to cash out. And uh, that's gonna be on, on the chopping block. Um, and someone's gonna buy it for the deposit base. So oftentimes those small banks that sell, they have deposit bases that are so sticky that won't go anywhere else that an acquiring bank could use those deposits to, to fuel loans. 
Uh, Nate, I just want to talk to you real quickly about, uh, you know, some of these um, lending stocks. I mean, here you have the, the housing market on absolute fire, right? Your housing stocks on absolute fire. And you have, you know, you have uh, Rocket and you have UWMC. I mean, if this is, when I look at stuff, it's like, look at the environment. And I'm like, wow, this is really good environment. Why aren't these stocks like rocketing? Pun intended, no pun intended. You know, is it, and and, uh, my buddy Gene Monster has just been pounding the table on Zillow. Is there, what am I missing here? I mean, if if rates start to go up, I mean, do you want to be long these stocks? Or why haven't these, you know, Rocket, UWMC, and even Zillow for that matter, hottest housing market all time? How come they're not responding in price? I, well, so I have two answers to that. One, one is a quick story, which is if you remember last year, the bike boom, everyone had was in on the bike boom. Yeah. And a, a buddy of mine who runs a fund, he goes, you know, you could, you could tell a bad business when they're complaining in the best time ever. And all these bike shops, we don't have any bikes. We're not making any money. It's awful. And, um, you know, that's not a good business to be in the bike shop business. In the middle of a boom, they can't make money. And I think the same could actually be true for some of these mortgage operations and some of the lending stuff. This is, you're right. This is the best time. There's so much demand. People want out of their houses and they're not able to, to capitalize on that in a way that is just, you know, that accelerates the stock and that meets investor expectations. Um, Zillow specifically, what's interesting with them, there's actually a, a backlash against them. Um, by brokers and agents in the market because Zillow's beginning to compete with them. And so some of the largest broker associations are actually trying to figure out a way to avoid Zillow Hmm. and to find Zillow competitors. Uh, So Zillow is actually going to have to transform their business from being just a, you know, hey, here's what houses are worth. Here's what's for sale. Uh, I believe they started to flip houses. Um, You know, they're trying to to buy that, you know, that piece of the industry and the industry doesn't like it. And, and so they're sort of being pushed out um, in terms of the mortgage stuff. You know, it's so hyper competitive. Uh, basically, if, if you make a mortgage, uh, say you were going to lend me money, you would make an origination fee on it. Maybe you'd make about 5% on the thing, three to 5%. Uh, and then you'd sell that off to the government to be securitized. So you're, you're, a lot of these people are just backlogged on processing power in the back office and no one's sure how long the boom's going to continue. So no one's hiring the amount of people they need to clear that backlog quickly. So what you have is you have, you know, it's, it's hard to get the, the mortgage in. We're just slammed. We're slammed because there's a couple people in the back office processing everything and executives don't want to make the commitment that this is going to be, a long-term thing. And, you know, if someone stepped up to that, I think they could boost their volume uh, significantly at the same time. If, you know, if demand does slow, they're going to, you know, have layoffs and and it hit hit to earnings. Nate Tobik is the founder of CompleteBankData.com. He's also the author of the Bank Investors Handbook. Nate, as always, a pleasure. We'll, We'll be in touch. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Have a good trip to Florida. All right. Thank you, Nate. Thanks. All right. As we're talking about buying tech stocks, beating down tech stocks, the Mm -hmm. cues really are leaking. 
Was that you, Christian, uh, in the chat? Uh, whoever noted that? You really are leaking this morning. Actually, we're not just the keys. Yeah. When I tell you something, it usually <laughs> happens within the next five minutes. I, so, I mean. I, I'm going to say right now, there are, the cues are not your Kathy indicator. No, no. Uh, I, I use it. Because AR- the cues yeah. have been ripping. So when I was talking about buying Kathy's stocks, I'm not talking about buying cues. I'm not oh, talking about Apple. Yeah. I'm not talking about Amazon. Those stocks have been performing. Yep. I'm saying there's a little catch-up Kathy trade potential here. So just because, you know, Q's were ripping, look, you know, Kathy hasn't really participated as well in this rally as a lot, at least some of the individual stocks, like a Teladoc. You know, look at the QQQ move the last three days. It goes from 320 to 330. Teladoc has gone nowhere. I mean, you just look at, you know, and, and looking through all those stocks we just said, you know, like the Fastly's and the BLI. I'm looking at some of those high PE stocks that just cannot get love. And saying yesterday's actions telling me that they might start getting some love. So don't be surprised, you know, if you see some, you know, some smaller growth names actually rally into QQQ weakness. Because we've seen some of these growth names selling off into QQQ strength. There's not as correlated with Qs as obviously Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google, Netflix. Oh, I mean, if the like the correlation, I mean, the everything market, I mean, that's been gone for for quite some time here. So you're right, and I think that is that's one ability you have. That's you know, even though a down tape, right? There's stocks that are still going to go up, and vice versa. So. I, I don't know if they're going to go up. I just know I can. Well, I mean, the you risk. have a, right. All I'm looking is I. This is when I strike again. When I control the risk, I never look at a trade. And I know I sound like a broken record sometimes, but I never look at a trade thinking about how much money I can make. I think about how much money I can lose. That's why I don't catch a stock of falling knife going straight down. But when I can control the risk on some of these things, and I have a, a defined out like FSLY, and it looks a little perky. I can say, okay, well, I can control the risk. I see a two and a half point risk here, 67.90. And, you know, saying I'm going to stop out. Maybe you give yourself 67.80. Like, don't just put it right at the, at the point. And then it goes 67.70 and gets stopped out. But, you know, within 40, 50 cents of that, say 67.40 or 67.50, put your stop. Um, and, and I don't like to put the stops, but I'm at my desk. So I have that luxury to be able to monitor it. Um, but, you know, it kind of looks perky. Does it pull back with the overall market here this morning? Probably. Do you give you an opportunity maybe at that, you know, two two days, uh, what, what was that, Tuesday, Monday? I'm looking at, yeah, Monday's low. Does it give you a shot at Monday's low? It might. So maybe control the risk even more. But I don't know if it does. You know, maybe that's why I'm saying you get it at 70, a little pullback today, and then you stop yourself at 67.5, you got two point two and a half point risk. So look at the risk first, then look at, you know, the potential target. Always start with your risk. That's how you stay in the game for 21 years. Not by how much you make. It's all about how much you lose. And you want to keep those losers small. Uh, Chad's asking about SOS here. I think there is some some funky going on with Reddit. There is a, a post that has since been deleted calling for Redditors to, to you know, GameStop uh, style SOS. It's moving against Bitcoin here this morning, which obviously makes very little sense. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean... There is basically a, uh, a post calling for them to short squeeze SOS. Uh, who can go sit- for it? Go for it. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. that's obviously we're not telling you to go for it. I, I have no opinion on any of these wow. short squeeze stocks. Well, I, I don't I, follow the company. This yeah. is wild action. I can't control risk on this. Wow, it's not my stock kind of stock. Hands off. Hands off. Is what yeah, I don't trade any of this stuff. Yeah. If I trade this stuff, it would be for fun, like small money, yeah. just you know, to because I was bored. 
Sometimes I trade some of these high flyers because I'm bored. This is not my bread and butter. I don't make my living trading SOS. There's some people who are very good at trading wild small caps yeah. and figuring out how to control the risk. I'm not one of those people. All right, we'll do some ticker time for the rest of the show. There's a bunch of tickers that I've been keeping track of. Eight minutes, wow. Hour. Let's uh, try, cool. try to do more of it. Uh, Maybe I see some uh, money coming out. Any, eight any, minutes of ticker time. Any, tech, man, any technical thoughts on NNDM, Joel? NNDM. Yep. And there's no news on it or anything? Um, not that I've seen nanodynamics, any news. I mean, no. I mean, there's... Support and there's resistance. Eight and nine, and you're kind of closer to support. Nine just looks like I would I wouldn't get real excited about this thing until it rallied eighty cents and closed over nine. I mean, this thing is. Did it do a reverse split or something? Because it was once a hundred dollars stock. I don't think so. No, leaked. Eight and nine. Unless you get a major catalyst, I don't. You know, you support. Got support. You got support and you got resistance. Seven sixty-eight. That's that would be my stop up point. If I was trying it at eight nineteen, I'd stop myself up below that seven sixty-eight. Uh, believe Kathy Wood owns this stock. This is this is really beating down Kathy's stock. All right. Uh, thoughts on Baidu here? Ooh, Baidu. I, I haven't looked at that for a while. Perky, kind of perky. I think you, I think you bottomed. I mean, safe hindsight capital twenty twenty wow. one seventy-four. It's rallied significantly from there. You got room to 250. Again, I would stop myself out on Monday's low. If I'm trying to hear 226 or 225 because it's down a buck, I'd stop myself out at 216. There's setups there. Nine points. It's a lot, on, but it's $200 stock. February. So in, in February, this was a $350 stock. Oh, it got stupid, Joel. And at the uh, end of, oh, yeah, because they were going into EVs. Right? Oh, yeah. That was the yeah. EV. And then the EV yeah. bubble burst. And you're know, saying a lot of the EV names come down. The EV bubble burst everywhere except GM and Ford. Yeah. And, uh, actually, Volkswagen, their chat was really giving me heat yesterday. Volkswagen's been fa- fantastic maneuver. I haven't looked at that for a while. Probably because it's got too many symbols over here. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it's down a couple sticks at 224.35. Not a bad day yesterday. Uh, let's see here. Man, there's really no numbers sticking out at me. I'd say until it clears yesterday's high at 228.53, uh, you know, perhaps go down a little bit. If you like, if you feel you missed the low on this one and you want to try and re-enter at a little bit of a discount, you went from 175 to 230, 55 point move, 27. You know, maybe try and pick it up in the lower 200s if you want to pick it up on the cheap. You know, a little retracement of this move, but nothing sticking out to me on Baidu. I, I like uh, doing stocks that we don't get asked about a lot. I don't know if we've ever been asked about Ericsson, E R I C Eric. I think this is an ADR. That used to yeah. be a hot rod, yeah. right, Dennis? Yeah, Did I it? trade it every once in a while. I can trade with Nokia to a certain extent, although they've kind of done their own thing as of late because Nokia became a Reddit stock and then it's been some divergence there. Yeah, what? It looks perky again. This is a stock that's already priced for today because it's been trading over in Europe for seven hours or six hours. So 13, you got support at 13 from three days ago. Kind of looks like it's trying to perk up a bit, but mm, I don't mind it. I'm kind of neutral. though. I'm trying to think if this was a hot. Yeah, it was a hot rod when we were. Uh, well, yeah, really a hot rod, but. It was much higher prices when back when we traded it bright. I just remember that symbol. Uh, I'll agree with Dennis here. A little bit of a trading range. All those gaps tell you the players are in it overseas. 
uh, trading up three cents, three highs in the same area. So uh, look at the 1370 area as resistance. And, well, it's getting up there. So see if we could take that out. I don't know what happened on this day. I kind of want to know the reason it did that. But uh, keep an eye approaching resistance. Can't really call it a major breakout yet, though. What about alcohol stocks like TAP? We haven't talked about, talked about those for a while. We were just asked about TAP. I haven't, I haven't looked at TAP. I haven't looked at uh, SAM for it's been a while. Chris Camille has been pumping TAP here. I don't know his think. Twitter there for a while. Um, he's a big fan right now. And I've, you know, Chris makes great calls. So um, I, I think there's value here. This is a value trade. Obviously, the stocks run quite a bit here from 44 to 53. Mm. It's been a big move already. This is a reopening trade, total reopening trade. Um, I, I, I'd like a pullback now, like you're chasing it a bit, but I don't mind it. I mean, it's perking up. If the reopening trade gets hot again, tap will go. So this is opposite to you, the gross stocks we were talking about. Look at all these highs in the same area. I'd keep an eye on that. Currently trading up uh, 79 cents. Uh, I mean, you got four highs in the same area. So if you're, I'll kind of take the other side of this one. I think it, you clear this 5340 area where you're trading at 5320. You get the hops. I think I think you got some room here working your way into this bar. So I don't think you're going to get this on a pullback today. All right, trying to keep up. With New that. low in the S&P's 5675. Just kind of leak, leak, leak. No, not a whoosh, but just uh, losing altitude here. What about? Uh... Oh, we talked about those already today. Da, 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 da. Sorry, I'm just going to the chat quickly. Um, oh, ICE. That's an interesting one. ICE. Uh, yesterday was the lowest volume trading volume day of the year on the New York Stock Exchange. Oh, this is in Consolidation Station. Um, one thing you know which is very very extraordinarily concerning why i would not want to invest in ice right now is the potential for that financial transaction tax i mean it would hurt us as traders it would absolutely you know really hurt ice so i mean that's why you know we haven't heard much about it in the last week or two a couple weeks but it's still kicking around in there um it's going to get some legs again so i don't want to own this stuff just because i don't know where that's going if you hear, you know, financial transaction taxes dead and not getting through, then that's good news for ICE. So I'm hands off on this until I get more clarity on where that FTT is going. Uh, I would say, you know, you had the bust out. You had the new all-time high. You're right. Consolidation on the monthly chart. Tax situation aside, I just keep an eye on 110. Uh, your last three months low, well, four months lows, you had 0995, 0910, and then uh, 1002. This month low is so much, so far 11.93. So this is one of these charts where, you know, you just, you hang in there in the monthlies. You don't worry about it. You see what happens between 110 and 120, and you lose that 110. Then, you know, you'll probably be falling in to double digits. So longer term, just looking at 110 in ice how's sibo doing i haven't looked at sibo i guess that would be in the same boat right yeah yeah i don't own any of this stuff right now until i have more clarity on where the ftt is going if you have you know and it's going to trade on that to a certain extent if you start to see like oh this ftt is getting some traction the financial transaction tax getting some traction they'll start hammering these stocks if they say okay well it looks like it's dead they'll start rallying on these so they're going to move opposite to the news on that 
news. All right. Someone just asked about BlackBerry, why it's up. Uh, they, they announced a deal with Volvo. This is basically the bull case for BlackBerry is that their, their, their OS for cars, uh, their technology like enables car operating. That's a big move. So this is like, I mean, I, I, I played this one for like a hot second there in January and did like, but then this way, and I sold it after the run up. But this was this was the bulk of it. In your mom's account, right? Right, right. right. Did this you was, have trading discretion over your mom's? No, I'm just joking. No, uh, but, but but this this kind of headline this morning with Volvo is, is always been the bull case for BlackBerry. Is like these types of headlines. It, it's perking up. I can just get above ten. Um, you know, it, it, I think I I wouldn't want to be shorted. I'll say that much. I'm not long it. I definitely wouldn't want to be shorted. I mean, the trend is not your friend. There's a lot of bag holders in this, but we we were bailing out bag holders in Romeo yesterday. Could we bail out some bag holders in BlackBerry? Potentially. Let's see. Very important day for today. If it can hold on, get some headlines, you know, maybe, you know, get some mention on CNBC and gets this kickstart up over 10, then it's interesting. Um, as long as it's below 10, it's hard to get bullish. So I would I'll just go with the, the action that's been provided by us so far. 965 high. That matches your 967 high. You've leaked 30 cents off that. So just like the Romeo yesterday, you got to take out the, you know, the pre-market high, which this time coincides with the daily high. Then you might get a look at 10 bucks. 1005 uh, was the high on the 26. That was the day preceding that 967 high. All right, guys, we got a big guest later on today. On, Who? On SPAC today, Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary V. You know Gary. Nice. Nice. Uh, future no. owner of the New York Jets, maybe. Uh, entrepreneur, investor, uh, internet personality. Uh, uh, Is he related to Candy Sander Chuck? Joel. Joel. Joel likes the relationships too. Joel. Joel. That was a well. friend of Emily's in grade school. Uh, anyway, anyway, Gary V will be on Spax Attack at 11.15 today. You can ask him a question. I just put the link to the tweet in nice. reply. Big guest. Re- retweet, reply to that tweet. We might ask those questions, but uh, we got a lot already planned for that. So that'll be at 11.15 uh, a.m. Eastern time right here. YouTube.com slash TV. It'll be its own stream. It'll be easy to find. It'll be at the top of the page. Gary V today on Spax Deck. So we're going to talk NFTs. He was he was ahead of he was well ahead of that game. We're going to talk uh, uh, Spax. Obviously, we're going to talk uh, sports betting. We may talk some crypto. He was ahead of that trend as well. Uh, so that'll be at um, eleven fifteen today. So a big get for those guys. We'll be definitely watching that. On that note, that'll be a wrap. Dennis, say goodbye. Don't supposed to without say, saying goodbye. Apparently, I had multiple messages that I did not say goodbye yesterday. Yes. Yes. No, 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 no. Not just yesterday. You never say goodbye. Jeez. You never say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. All right. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye. I got a hop, too. All right. Goodbye. Everyone have a great shading day. Goodbye, Joel. Jeez. Goodbye, Spencer. Thank you, everyone. Please make sure you have your breakfast and your lunch too. Okay. All right. All right. right. Please remember all the information from our show, from all of our shows really are meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. You can always, always catch a replay of this show on YouTube or on all the major podcast platforms, be it iTunes, Spotify, tune in any of them shows always available there every day after the fact thanks to our guest today nate tobik thanks to all of you in our chats if you haven't already smash that like button please
it it takes two seconds of your time and it really does help us out with youtube we put you know nine ten hours of programming out every day for free and all we ask is you like it and subscribe subscribe as well if you haven't already that also helps us and share the link to this video wherever you are on social um you know engage with us that all that engagement is is super helpful so uh like subscribe share thank you very much if you're listening via podcast please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes not for investing or trading advice everyone have a good rest of your day this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply